Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. PHNX Cardinals postgame show. I'm Johnny Venerable. He's the playmaker, former Arizona Cardinal wide receiver, Britton Golden. We're going to be joined by Bo Brock live from State Farm Stadium to assess Britton. A really tough loss. Cardinals lose 34-20 at the hands of the Cincinnati Bengals. And what do we say all week? Can't let Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow get right. That's exactly what happened in this game. It's exactly what happened. I've got... I did not like the secondary defensive game plan. I felt like they played a very soft zone coverage and just allowed them to dink and dunk 10-yard outs and 10-yard curls and just underneath passes all day, and we didn't even make an adjustment at halftime to even talk about it. Marco Wilson and the all the corners, they were playing 8 to 10 yards off and wonder why you have a guy like Jamar Chase that has 15 receptions. Yeah. It's because half of those receptions came underneath. Yes, he beat you deep twice, but they set it up with all those little 10-yard rounds. It's frustrating, too, because the Cardinals at one point up 14-10 to 10 in this game had a really nice red zone goal line stand on fourth down and uh, an interception by Joshua Dobbs. His first as an Arizona Cardinal goes back the other way. The pick six in the red zone, and depending on who you ask, Bo Brock of PHNX Cardinals has a good breakdown in his Twitter. Zach Pascal looks like ran the wrong route impeded the ball which went directly to the defensive back and it felt like wheels came off there now before that possession however James Conner left the game banged up his knee and you wonder they have James Conner available that drive do they play it conservative do they do they run the football but you and I were talking off air it just felt like the wind came out of the stadium and the Cardinals frankly when that interception happened no and it did it that the little pick six changed the game And yes, you can blame it on Dobbs. You can blame it on Pascal. I'm going to run with the fact that he ran the wrong route just because there should never be anybody in the same throwing lane of a slant. But regardless who you put that blame on, that pick six changes everything. Because the momentum, you've got all the momentum at this point. You've had two touchdown drives right here, and then you get a fourth down stop on the goal line, and then you throw a pick six and you lose. Now you're losing. Yeah. Yeah. Took all the wind out. Yeah, I, the defense was was I'll just call it shaky throughout you know most of this game. But I mean, you look look back if the Cardinals just keep possession at the end of the first half, they give up just ten points in the first quarter. But then the wheels fell off in the second half, and you know we'll be calling the spade a spade here. Like Joshua Dobbs did not play well today. This was the first game where you really kind of saw the other shoe fall. He had not turned the ball over since Week One against Commanders. He had not thrown an interception. Uh, throughout the regular season as a member of this team. 
He had two picks today and a fumble. You know, so credit Lou Amaruno and that Bengals defense. I mean, I don't want to say that they they wanted it more. I just feel like today the Cardinals got a Bengals team that was more desperate for a win, that were healthier than they've been. Joe Burrow looked good today, and they made a priority to say, we are not going to lose to the Cardinals with Jamar Chase having, you know, four for 40. If we're going to go down, we're going to go down with our best players. And, you know, for lack of a better term, the Cardinals' best players are not equipped right now to cover a Jamar Chase. You don't have Buda Baker. Jalen Thompson left this game. Marco Wilson right now has been a sieve in the in the secondary. He's been atrocious this year. And so, you know, credit the Bengals. They came in and said, we got to have this game. We're going to lean on our star players to do it. And they did. I mean, <laughs> Jamar Chase had what? 18 targets today, 15 receptions, 190 yards, and yeah. three touchdowns. That's it's unreal. That's one of those things that at halftime, it's got there's something has to be said. Like, look, Jamar's got eight receptions at halftime. Yeah. Right? And he's torching us right now. What do we do? How do we come up with a defensive game plan to control him and make somebody else out there beat us? Because honestly, they didn't have another receiver out there that really did much. Tyler Boyd made a couple of catches. Yeah. And then the young kid, uh, 16, I forgot what his name was, he had six or eight receptions, but it yeah. wasn't anything that was dangerous. And like you said, the Bengals just came out and said, our star players are better than your star players right now, and yeah. we're going to prove it. Yeah, and that's the Cardinals. They were able to answer the call against the Dallas Cowboys where they didn't lose to C.D. Lamb and Dak Prescott and Micah Parsons, right? And that's why everybody thought that that upset was so significant. Today, it was like, you know, Josh Dobbs was average Josh Dobbs. James Conner leaves the game. Jalen Thompson leaves the game. And it's like, well, what are you really left with? And I'm not here to make excuses like we talked about it off air. Coaching staff was was not great today. And they they felt like I, you know, pretty well sourced. Like they really liked their game plan this week. They like what they were able to do. And I thought... It was teetering offensively from big play slash turnover, right? You always felt like a possession could go one or the other. Mm. Defensively, though, it really felt like the wheels fell off when Jalen Thompson left this game at the end of the first half. Because, again, even after the pick six, they they get a three and out or they get a, they get a punt by Cincinnati to keep it 17-14. Jalen Thompson leaves the game, and you know subsequently they hit that big play to Jamar Chase to start the second half, yeah. and they didn't look back again. No, they didn't, and... That was one of those things in coverage where I don't care what coverage you're in, whether it's cover two. I think they were in cover two at that time. So the biggest thing is, yes, the middle is going to be open in cover two, but you have deep half. Yeah. You have two safeties that both have a deep half. At no point should you be getting beat deep at safety in that point. You should mm -hmm. be able to see that. Somebody's just eyes are in the wrong position. You're not paying attention to what's going on. But that was just that opening that opening drive they had where they well I think they took a minute off the clock when they scored a minute yeah. and a half total yeah. and it was just a 68 yard bomb so that was just not defensively I think the game plan was not good in the secondary I I mean up front we did well we stopped the run for the most part shockingly yes and everything you know we got a little bit of pressure back there it wasn't enough but we got a little bit yep. but in the secondary we played very poorly it was not good there was too much cushion the entire time and offensively, it's just, I mean, when your number one receiver the last three weeks has what, I think Michael Wilson had three total targets, and they all came on that last just drive. Just two. And you had the the acrobatic catch, and we're going to talk about that. I mean, that we love to give Drew Petzing love on the show. We'll call spade a spade here. Michael Wilson, one target until what, like you said, at 57 minutes left in the game, that's inexcusable. Yeah. Like Michael Wilson has been a borderline dominant player, what he did to San Francisco last week. Just really bizarre because, like, and we'll hear more from Gannon from Bull Brock here in a little bit, but like, no Keytrail Clark to begin the game.
That's weird. And then no Michael Wilson until late. I, I don't know if they just said, you know, in Cincinnati's a, a veteran team, we want to go with some of our older players. Like, there is no scenario, I'm sorry right now, that I want to see, you know, Antonio Hamilton or Marco Wilson over Keetrell Clark. I don't want to see Zach Pascal over Michael Wilson. So, interested to see, you know, what the rationale is there. But you mentioned the front seven. They were, they were pretty solid. I mean, 25 for 81, Joe Mixon was relatively average. And again, they had that goal line stand. Then they had three sacks. Like, you probably take that before the game. But it was everything that Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase did basically single-handedly in the past game. And, you know, I'll be frank, like it never really felt like Joe Burrow was uncomfortable this game. And no. he had been uncomfortable the entire season thus far. This is a team, they scored almost as many points as they had on the entire season. They had 49 points coming into this game, did Cincinnati. They got 34 today, probably could have had more. It's a, it's a problem right now, uh, BG, when you consider how easy this defense has made it for Brock Purdy and now subsequently Joe Burrow. I, I I have a concern now. I got text during the game like we need to pick some people up. Like it feels like this is the team right now for better or worse defensively. I mean, this there's yeah, this for better or worse, unless you can find a way to make some outrageous trade right now. There's I don't know that there's too much out there on the market that's yeah. free that you can bring in that's gonna change anything. So it's gonna have to turn into who want really who wants it on defense, yeah. especially in that secondary. I mean you can't sit here. This is the NFL. You can't sit here and play eight to ten yards off the entire game. Yep. There's too many good receivers in this league, and there's too many good quarterbacks. And you can make a very average quarterback look good playing ten yards off the ball every time. Yeah. Because all he's got to do is snap it and get the ball out quickly, and that's five to eight yards per play. And that's essentially what Cincinnati did for most of this game. Garrett Williams, you you hope is going to practice. He will practice next week. Maybe he plays against the LA Rams, which their passing attack looks very potent. Jalen Thompson, hopefully his injury is not severe, although it's a hamstring. And, and Buda Baker tees before the game day wouldn't be too much longer. So they have reinforcements. They just not be may not be imminent reinforcements. One player that aided this team today, I thought played pretty well, all things considered, and then was a key pickup at the beginning of the year. Friend of the program, it's Kayvon Wallace, who is our PHNX Cardinals player of the game. Kayvon had the lone turnover forced by the Arizona Cardinals today. Three to compare it to the one that came from Kayvon Wallace on the interception of Joe Burrow. Also had 10 tackles, had a tackle for loss. 22 has been a nice player, and he was really good with Jalen Thompson. But, I mean, he can't cover four wide receivers at one time. And when the Cardinals are a liability outside of Kayvon Wallace at cornerback, you know, it's it makes things look way worse than they actually are. So I'll give... Kayvon Wallace, all the flowers today. I thought he played pretty well. He did play well. I mean, anytime he's flying around out there and he's making plays and he made a couple, that big tackle for loss on the goal line, it wasn't the goal line stand one, but it was another one of those where he just flew back there and he made a tackle on the backfield, which helps since you got to have more guys on defense that play like that. Yeah. That have a little fire in their gut. They got some enthusiasm to them. They're ready to get in there and hit. They want to make plays. So defensively, like we've said this entire show, they've just – I just didn't see the fight, especially out of the secondary today. Uh, another player that potentially could have been player of the game, I thought Dante Stills, seventh rounder, uh, seventh rounder out of West Virginia was good. But all in all, I mean, going back to the interception and then late in the game, it's 24-20 into the fourth quarter. The Arizona Cardinals have that nice end around with Rondell Moore, faked it for the long gain. Mm. They're inside the red zone. They face a fourth and one, maybe one and a half. Did not like this play call from Drew Petzing. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, the defense has been down. They're injury-plagued. 
I thought the offensive play calling today, both when they were backed up, that led to the pick six, and then they're on fourth and one, one and a half, the QB jet sweep with Joshua Dobbs instead of saying, we're going to go north and south, because I thought the offensive line blocked pretty well run blocking i just i didn't understand that play bg that we talked about out there i thought that play call was a very very poor play call for a fourth and one especially mm-hmm. when you need points in this situation at that point you were down four points yeah if you're gonna call something like that just send the field goal unit out there and kick the field goal and puts you within one point another field goal can give you a lead only if your defense can get a stop i if you're gonna go for the Fourth down, fourth and one right there. I mean, give it to your running back if you want to hand it off. But don't put it in a situation where you're in the gun and then you try to run quarterback sweep. And you got to hats hats off to the Bengals defensive coordinator on that play because he called a great great play sending that safety in there because it took took the running back out of the play and then it was just Josh Dobbs versus a linebacker and it was just no go. Yeah, at no point did we feel like that that play was going to get you a first down that you needed. And again... Probably a different play call if you've got James Conner in there. Again, we're going to hear more from Jonathan Gannon on the status of the Pro Bowl running back. But first, I want to get to some of these super chats. You guys are crushing it. Like this video, by the way. Subscribe to PHNX Courts, uh, Sports. It's Cardinal Therapy here on the postgame show. Alex, 499, super chat. I don't mind losing this season, but losing like that hurts. We were in this game, had chances to take the lead, but shut down after that failed fourth. This really felt like, Alex, you and I were talking about it, the first kind of misplayed game this season. You know, commanders notwithstanding offensively, you know, they they were just trying to make do with Josh Dobbs had been there about a week and a half. Today in week five felt like the first time where the Cardinals made mistakes in a company to a talent deficiency. Like last week against San Francisco, talent deficiency didn't make mistakes, right? This week you felt like even with the talent deficiencies, they could win this game. But you turn the ball over three times, you make critical errors, you drop passes, you can't pick up fourth downs, you're going to get blown out. For sure. Anytime you're doing that, when your turnovers kill everything. Yeah. Turnovers can be the difference in any game. But three turnovers, like you said, drop balls, it, offensive line struggles. Uh, DJ did not have a great game at left tackle it was today. terrible. He let 91 Hendrickson just had a field day back there in the yeah. backfield. And small things like that ruin a game. And, and like you said, this is a game that everybody felt the Cardinals should have won. And the Cardinals came out and looked like the team the Cardinals were predicted to be before the That's season. Right. Josh Dobbs looked like a backup today. The offensive line did not play amazing. The receivers dropped a few balls. Receivers were in the wrong places. Quarterback play was not up to par. Running game went down south as soon as James Conner left. So it was... <sighs> Today was just, like you said, it was the first day the Cardinals looked like they didn't belong on the football field. Yeah, and I know a lot of people put this on Josh Dobbs. He did not play well. But again, like, okay, I look at who is being paid a premium on this team to produce. Second highest cap hit is DJ Humphreys. Now, he might be in the last year of his contract. They push all of his guaranteed money from 2024 to 2023 to keep their options open. And he got taken to the woodshed today by Cincinnati's defensive line. Multiple sacks allowed. Consistent hurries. Was not good. Like, Paris Johnson Jr., six overall pick. We never hear his name during games. It's no. fantastic. DJ Humphreys is making like $13 million this year. Granted, he's over 30 years old. Was not good. Like, you got to help your quarterback. When Josh Dobbs is struggling and he needs more time to throw, you cannot be getting worked off the edge. Hendrickson's a really nice pass rusher. He's a good player. But, I mean, like, that that today, that, that was disappointing from DJ Humphreys. Now, on the flip side, what I will say is, 
I thought the Cardinals receivers played well. Hollywood Brown was very good. Rondell Moore. Zach Ertz had a touchdown. I mean, like, there were plays to be made, but this is the first time thus far this season where you felt like Josh Dobbs was overwhelmed. Like, Luana Rumo and that Cincinnati defense overwhelmed him to the point where missing errant throws, forcing throws that shouldn't be there, not taking the easy check down. I, I expect him to bounce back. But it's the first time he's looked human this year. No, oh, agreed. And it was the first time that we, like I said earlier, that that Dobbs looked like a backup quarterback. Yeah. I feel like he came into this game because he's had so much success the last three I weeks. I mean, he had two two touchdowns to zero early. interceptions in the first half. Early. Like early, early Dobbs was fine, but I feel like after that second touchdown pass, I feel like he got into that mode where he felt a little too comfortable in situations where yeah. he tried to force throws and turn into the quarterback that he's not right now. Mm -hmm. And he got away from where he was earlier in this year where, hey, it's not there. Where's my check down? Where's my tight end over the ball? Where's my running back? Instead, it was, let me try to force this slant in here. Yep. Or let me try to force this high ball to Zach Ertz over here that ended up in another interception. He should have had three interceptions. He should today. have, yeah. He tried to force one slant that hit a linebacker right in the chest, and somehow he couldn't come up with it. So it was a today Dobbs looked like a backup. Yeah. Bad for however you want to say it. Yeah. And again, like it, they got to get into the film room and just say, hey, Josh, we got to get back to playing within the confines of the offense. And I, I don't think it's a scenario. He's a humble kid of like reading his his press clippings, but it do, it does make you look like we talked about this all week, BG. Like this team is not talented enough to overcome turnovers. Not this no, season. Not yet. How they win games this year is how they've been playing: competitive football, winning the turnover battle, and being in it till you know the the final seconds of the fourth quarter. Let the chips fall where they may with this talent. But again. Today was as lopsided of a score you've seen in the fourth quarter with this team, in part because, I mean, the turnovers kept giving Cincinnati short fields, and then the defense was on the field the entire game. So, I mean, no wonder they couldn't stop Jamar Chase and company. I want to get back to these super chats. You guys are crushing it. A little Dreezy, $13.99, friend of the program. Playing 15 yards off receivers makes no fucking sense. I agree with that. We were Agreed. talking about it here. But I, here's what I will say. They put two defensive backs on Jamar Chase. That last touchdown he had, it didn't matter. Yeah. Like, the, the two defensive backs that are probably backups on most teams were trying to cover Jamar Chase, a top three to five receiver in the NFL, and it, it was an embarrassment. Uh, well, I think one of I think it was Kayvon was on, underneath on that one, but it was to the fact where he just looked back to try to find where Jamar Chase was, but yeah. I mean, he wasn't the only one. He wasn't the main one covering. He was just in the middle of the field. So we didn't, we did not play well. And I've said this a million times already, but just the defensive backfield. And like Ladrizzi said, when you're 10 to 15 yards off. Well, talk to me like just, the technique there, like why even choose to do that? What's the mindset? Like trying to keep him in front of you? Yeah. Uh, ultimately, he's, they're scared to get beat deep. I mean, as a receiver, as a former receiver, when I line up on the line of scrimmage and I know how I have any underneath route, a 10-yard out, a curl, a dig, whatever it might be, and that guy's playing 10 to 15 yards off, that's a guaranteed catch unless the quarterback just makes a horrendous throw. Yeah. But that's guaranteed reception, and I'm getting at least 5 to 10 yards after the catch. All I got to do is make a guy miss after that. If you're playing 15 yards off, Think about it from a punt return standpoint. At Greg Dorstead's first punt return, mm. he catches the punt return. The, the closest guy is 10 yards away. He's got plenty of room to make a move, and he ends up getting 15, 20 yards on this run. It's the same thing. If I run a 10-yard out and I've got time to catch it and turn up field, 
and he's playing t- 15 yards off already. He's probably backpedaling too. Yeah. Now I'm going to catch it with room to run and make a move, and it's just easy to get first downs. Even if you make that tackle when I catch it, I'm at 10 yards, first down. So it's ultimately it's just the scaredness of getting beat deep, which you can't. You can't play scared in the NFL. I don't care who you are, how fast you are, what you think you are. If you play scared in this league, you will suffer. Yeah, they were certainly scared of Jamar Chase today. I mean, what he was able to do before, after the catch, during the catch, uh, his explosiveness was was evident. And again, Cincinnati Bengals wised up, made it a priority to get him the football, and the Cardinals paid dearly. I want to get back to these super chats. You guys are crushing it. Leave a like on this video if you could. Jalen Blair... $10, friend of the program. Today was the first time we had expectations of Josh Dobbs. It's easy to play with no expectations, but we expected him to win this game. Expectations are an MFR. Absolutely. I mean, we all picked the Cardinals to win today. Uh, And again, like, I don't know if any of us thought Joshua Dobbs was going to have a field day. Cincinnati's defense has been good this year. Like their offense has been bad. Their defense has been good, but it was a, a product of the perfect storm. Their offense got right against a Cardinal defense that let's just call it is undermanned right now. I mean, they're missing four or five players off a unit that wasn't supposed to be good this year anyway. And then the offense was playing with a backup quarterback that decided, okay, this is going to be the first game I, I make some poor throws, that I have some turnovers. And you you mix those two things together. Like, I think it's, it's on both sides of the ball. I'll give it 50-50 split. The offense or the defense w- was not good today. And we, we've given the flowers to these coordinators, Drew Petzing and and uh, Nick Rollis, like, they got to go and, and look at the film and say, oh, how do we be better? Because it doesn't get any easier. You go and you play really potent passing attack next week with Matthew Stafford that looks rejuvenated. I know they took the L today, but they'll be chomping at the bit. And Geno Smith and Lamar Jackson. I mean, th- this team's got to figure it out quick on the fly. And so, you know, this was a game that the get-right game for Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, it happened. And you could tell early that they, they were going to do everything they could to find that connection. It didn't stop for four quarters as much as Cardinal fans wished it would stop. Uh, I'm going to tell you guys, do not stop, though, with BetMGM. Bet 10, get 200. So I did pretty well on my bets outside of Cards money line. Cards money line, I think it was about plus 140. All my other bets, though, pregame, check them out. Johnny's picks hit today, including BG. The Zacherts, anytime touchdown, plus 240. They did. You hit, I mean... Outside of the money line, you had a good little day with the bets. I appreciate it. And I also said, because it wasn't available on BetMGM, but some other sites as well, uh, the anytime half a sack, sack from yeah. J, uh, from Zayvon Collins, which hit. Zayvon Collins looks looks pretty solid. So making you money here with our friends at BetMGM. It's again, a couple weeks in a row now that I, you had I, some bit good picks. I feel like I'm, I'm heating up a little bit. Cardinals could use some of my mojo here uh, and heat up. We're going to give you some good mojo with our friends at BetMGM. Bet 10, get 200, place your first bet. Through the sports book with our friends at BetMGM, you're going to get $200 with just a $10 bet. We got some exciting announcements coming up with our friends at BetMGM. But in the meantime, again, download the app or go to BetMGM.com and sign up with promo code PHNX. Sign up and you're going to get $200 with just a $10 deposit, regardless of the outcome. So tonight, place a little scratch on San Francisco, Dallas. Regardless, it's going to be up to you to sign up, check out the show notes for full details. Now listen to our guy, Shane Diefenbach, talk about it in the disclaimer.
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-N-Y or text HOPE-N-Y-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. Want to remind everybody, this is the PHNX Cardinals post-game show brought to our brought to you by our friends at Four Peaks Brewery, and you can pick up some Four Peaks beverages at our friends at Circle K. I stopped off at Circle K, loaded up over the weekend to pick up some premium beverages, and while I was there, picked up some tasty Circle K snacks that we've got here right here in the studio. Their brand of snacks, cheaper than the alternative, better than the alternative. And in the meantime, if you want to fill up and save a buck, do it with America's Thirst Stop via their free new membership program. It's going to save you 25 cents per gallon on your first five fill-ups. Get every six free on the Circle K products, pizza, coffee, ice-cold fountain drinks. And again, got that sweet, sweet Four Peaks beer on tap and ready to go. Six-packs, 12-packs, whatever you want to do. Join the Inner Circle for free by downloading the Circle K app today. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit CircleK.com for more details. Again, hit that like button. You guys are crushing it. There's a couple Cardinals that did pretty well today. It's counting Cardinals here with BG and Johnny V here on the postgame show. I'll start with Hollywood Brown, BG. I thought Hollywood Brown played pretty well. He had the drop at the end. There were opportunities for Dobbs to hit Brown more than he had. No, agreed. Hollywood played, especially early. The first half, he looked really good. He was open. He was getting out in space. Dobbs got him the ball. Um, they had a great pass on that touchdown pass yeah. and kept him running. He caught and he ran. I feel like they kind of got away from it. He did have a drop there at the end. It would have been negated anyway because it was an offensive holding penalty, but it was a very bad drop nonetheless. But for the first half, I thought Hollywood Brown played really well. Yeah, he had four targets, or excuse me, he had 10 targets. Just four receptions, I think, a byproduct of Dobbs' inaccuracy today. Hollywood Brown, though, four catches, 61 yards, 15.3 yards per catch. Again, as Kyler Murray gets closer and closer, we're going to talk about this to returning. Anxious to see that deep ball return with K1 and his good friend Hollywood Brown. How about Joshua Dobbs? Listen, he wasn't his best game today. Still had two touchdowns, took a couple sacks. I mean, listen, this, this was a Josh Dobbs. I look like a backup game, as you mentioned, B.G., I'm not going to give him, you know, all the all the grief. I thought the offensive line could have played better. DJ Humphreys in particular had some people running the right running the wrong routes uh, that led to the interception for a touchdown. So Josh Dobbs, two touchdowns. I expect him to play better, BG, next week. No, I agree too. He, I, I feel like this is something that he kind of needed because he was riding a high horse the last three weeks. Even with the loss last week, he played tremendous. He played good the week before that. And I think it was inevitable that we would see a drop off. I just didn't feel like it would be such a crazy drop off like yeah. it was today. But in the first half, up until that pick, Josh Dobbs, he missed a couple of throws, yes, but he was really the same Dobbs we've been used to seeing the last couple of weeks. Like I said just a minute ago, that touchdown pass to Hollywood Brown couldn't have been put in a better place. He caught it on the run. It was out in front of him. There was nobody. If he throws that short, Hollywood gets caught probably tackled on the five, 10, five yard line or something like that. But it was a great throw in this. He just got away from it in the second half. He tried to force some throws and he made some throws that just weren't. Yeah. He didn't look right from the start of the game. He was uh, missing guys. He typically doesn't miss in that first possession. The inaccuracies really kind of showed. And I want to show you our final player via counting cards. 
this week. Rondell Moore. Rondell Moore has been quiet recently outside of his touchdown against Dallas. Now, only three catches for 26 yards in the past game, BG. But how about three carries for 50 yards as a runner? 41 yard. I thought he was going to go, as did you. Had the head fake on the reverse on the subsequent drive that unfortunately, you know, stalled in the red zone. But 16.7 yards per per carry. And I think this is who Rondell Moore is now. He's never going to be, you know, Steve Smith, as some people alluded to coming out of Purdue, but more a gadget type player in the best possible way where every time he touches the ball, he's got explosive plays that can come. No, I agree that the reverse, the fake reverse, I guess it was a reverse. Yeah. Fake double reverse, whatever you want to call it. He looks good in situations like that. He does. He can move. He's fast. He's quick. The head fake, the fake, he got, it caught me. I thought he was handing it off I and then he too. kept it and I thought he was going to the house. So you've got to find ways to get Rondell more and more involved in situations like that. I thought that was a tremendous play call. One of the only really good ones all game, I guess. But Rondell Moore has to be in this offense a little bit more. He's never going to be that true just slot receiver. You've got to find ways in the backfield. We've seen it work already a couple weeks ago in the backfield. Mm -hmm. He took one between the tackles for about 40 yards as well. So I think you have to find ways to get him more involved in this. Yeah, uh, Dermacato and Rondell Moore, you figure, will be the primary two ball carriers while James Conner is out, however long he is out. But I, I need to see Rondell Moore more in the in the running game and being able to touch the football. 16.7 yards per carry on top of his bloated average already to start this year. Really interesting uh, to see if they open it up. I want to get to some of these super chats here. If we could, Damon Dog, let's start with 50. Boy Jew, 499. Thank you so much. I knew Dobbs would have a drop-off, but honestly, I don't know what he was thinking today. He played terrible, cost us the game with bad decisions. We need Kyler. Again, this was this was the, the bad Josh Dobbs that we hadn't seen all year. You know, even against the Commanders, he was more efficient today. You know, Cardinals, it, it almost felt like they were they were down immediately, ten to nothing, and Dobbs was like, "I got to play hero ball. I got to get us back into it." Where, like in reality, that Demarcado touchdown drive when the Cardinals were down like ten or eleven, and then they came within four after the Prater missed field goal. Like, that's kind of what they needed to do the rest of the game. Like yeah. the big plays, maybe they'll come via play action. But if you're Josh Dobbs, like, take what the defense has given you. As cliche, we hear that all the time, BG. But for somebody like Dobbs in particular, you know, I watched Josh Allen this morning try to rally his team from a deficit in London against the Jags, and we see it from seemingly Patrick Mahomes every week. But, like, Dobbs, for this team to succeed and keep the train on the tracks, like, you got to play within the confines of the offense. Yeah, you do. And it's, like you said, it's just making the plays that you know you can make. Yep. Right. Controlling what you can control. And that's fine. And right. If I don't have anything open downfield in my first read, find my check down, mm -hmm. get myself into a second and manageable. Right. Third and manageable. There was too many times a day where we tried to force bad throws yep. and it put us in third and long. And then you're sitting in a third and eight, a third and 12. And now you have to throw the ball downfield and you have no other choice. The defense knows this. Yep. They know you're not going to try to hand the ball off or throw an underneath route on third and 15. Is you have to get this first down, especially at the end of the game. So, like you said, it's just one of those things where we got away from what worked after that DiMaccato touchdown, and we just started trying to make hero ball. I want to uh, address uh, a comment from Jonathan Gannon. This is from Bo Brock uh, at PHNX Cardinals here on Twitter. Um, Gannon addressing the fourth and short play that was not the conversion by Josh Dobbs. Gannon saying, I thought it was too long for the push play. So we we looked at the screen. It was probably about a yard and a half. J 
just under two yards, and, and Gannon opted to do very much a quarterback jet sweep. It, it did not work, but again, I think in hindsight, they'd like they'd like a redo on that play call. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't have done the push play either. It is a little bit long, and you do not have the Eagles' offensive line. So yeah. the push play, I don't think anybody really wanted that, but you just wanted a play that looked competent. That just looked doomed immediately. As soon as the ball was snapped, I just closed my eyes because it was it's over with. There's yeah. no way he's getting this first down. No chance. Gannon on the defensive struggles, point blank. There's the game on defense. You let their best player beat you. I'm pissed off about it. It's my fault. We got to get it cleaned up on Jamar Chase being the difference maker today. Like I, I get what Gannon's saying, but man, like that's that's easier said than done yeah. with the players you have at your disposal. I'm not making excuses, but again, like that we knew the state of this roster before coming into the season. Cardinals really haven't added anybody except for our guy, uh, Kayvon Wallace, our player of the game. But then you start losing players like Jalen Thompson and Buda Baker, who did not play this game outside of the second quarter, are your two best defensive backs and two of your top 10 players on the team. Buda Baker is your best player, and Jalen Thompson is having a career year. I mean, you lose both those guys, and you're trying to fix it on the fly. I mean, like, frankly, this is what it's going to look like against somebody like Jamar Chase. If Jamar Chase... And Joe Burrow can't light up a secondary with, frankly, practice squad players and street free agents, and like, then they don't deserve the money they're making. Yeah. Agreed. And it, it was apparent today who yeah. the better group was. Yeah. I mean, when you've got a guy that's got eight, 10 receptions at the halftime, there's yeah. something that needs to be made where we've got to find a way, walk a safety over. I, I just didn't understand the situation where, like I've said it a million times already today, we're playing so far off. Right, we've been getting killed underneath. Walk Marco Wilson up, make him play press, walk a safety over the top. Yep. Do something to shadow it, but you gotta start, you gotta disrupt Jamar at the line of scrimmage. You can't just let him free run. Right. I mean, he, he was like seven on seven out there yeah. at, at times for uh this secondary against Jamar Chase. Back to the super chats. Uh we go. We're gonna be joined by Bo Brock here in a little bit from State Farm Stadium. AZ fan, nineteen ninety-eight, two dollars. Time for K one. We need our franchise quarterback back I, I think today is an, an easy game to say Dobbs not good K1 good let's get him back I, I would still caution that in terms of a, a speedy recovery for K1 I think you know it would be great if Kyler Murray is activated tomorrow he may not be and then he's going to require multiple weeks of practice so for people that yeah. have soured rightfully so after Dobbs performance state wasn't good you're going to have to watch you know number three or number nine I should say play a couple more games for this franchise now the good news is, is that, you know, I, you saw such a, a steep drop off from, from Dobbs today that, you know, if it was a question before and it wasn't, Kyler Murray is going to get, you know, eight to 10 games this year to really show what he can do for this franchise and hopefully help win you games. You know, Joshua Dobbs does not have a stranglehold on this job where he's Teflon. He's, he's immune to criticism and immune to holding off a franchise quarterback. No, and for that narrative to even be, a question we would have needed to see 303 touchdowns out of Dobbs. Right, today. right. You know, Which is, I thought maybe we were headed toward that. It, it We thought. And I mean, the, wheels came, the way the way it was going up, the way it's been trending the last three weeks, you yeah. would think in that situation, and I, I watched it on Twitter. I watched a couple people on Twitter this week go back and forth on one of our tweets out about why you shouldn't play Kyler and why you should keep Dobbs. And then I'm sure a couple of them are very quiet today after their, you know, yeah. long explanations. But yeah. at, at this point, you're going to get, regardless of when Kyler's ready, you should get eight to ten games out of him, and that's what all you need to see is progression. Yep. 
is can Kyler win us a few games when he comes back and make it look like he's the one that needs to be here? If not, then you can go to the drawing board and see what you have to do off of that. But I think you've got to just – you. Cardinals fans have – to have hope and looking forward to when Kyler comes back. Absolutely. And like the the question is going to get answered. Like people can speculate like Dan Graziano of ESPN wrote a speculatory ar- argument and an article about why the Cardinals may have made up their mind on K1, which I'm told is, is not true. Gannon is fired up by the way he looks in practice and he should be. But like Kyler is either going to put you in a position to take a quarterback or not take a quarterback. That's it. Like Drake May, I don't know if you guys watch him over the weekend. I'm not the biggest fan. It was unbelievable. 400 plus. Yeah, against Syracuse. The top two picks in the draft are set. Like rare, very rarely can we say that. These two guys were elite at the college level last year. They're better this year. They are going first and second overall. The Houston Texans are not having the first or second pick. So if the Arizona Cardinals are picking one or two, they're going to probably take one of those guys. Yeah. But you know who can make a point that they don't? Kyler Murray, when he comes back, Kyler Murray can win you games. Kyler Murray can throw for 300 yards and have multiple touchdowns. And then it's taken care of, right? I don't know if they're going to get talked into Bo Nix or one of these other Pac-12 quarterbacks. I mean, like, it's it's easy to fall in love with a college quarterback playing nobody. And then we see, like, Bryce Young today getting his ass beat. Like, it's a different game. This, it's, it's, this is the it's NFL. It's a completely different game, from especially quarterback-wise. From college to the NFL, it's a whole different scenario. And we've seen it year in and year out from yeah. these top five quarterbacks that get picked. They come into the NFL and it's no longer, hey, that little zone read bullshit is not going to work. Right. Yeah. Right. That, that shit ended when open. Colin Kaepernick was gone. Yeah. And yeah. they figured it out his second year actually being the starter. So it's that you're not going to kill people with your legs. Mm-hmm. And if that's what you're forced to do, it's not going to work out because no. you, it's only going to last so long. If right. you can't throw the ball downfield and you can't push it, then they're just going to stack the box. You know, Jonathan Gannon and, and you know, Monty Ford, they've seen what elite quarterback play can do and not do. Like, you know, Ossenford was winning games with Ryan Tannehill in, in Tennessee. And, you know, JG had a guy who was taken in the second round that they molded and developed in Jalen Hurts. Like, they're going to have options. But at the end of the day, it's like, okay, if they're picking first or second, I think it, it makes things very difficult for them to pass on a quarterback. If they're not, and they don't fall in love with the guy during the draft process, we're going to go into January. They're going to do an end-of-the-year press conference. they got to decide on Kyler Murray's money like quickly, like before mm. free agency. And they're going to let people know what they're doing. Like It's going to be pretty evident if Kyler Murray's the guy or not, and Kyler Murray has every right to put a stamp on it this season. Like, yeah. Well, again, if you got to think, if you're picking one or two, Kyler Murray didn't do what needed to be done. That's a perfect way to put it. Like Again, Houston's not picking first or second. Even though they, they lost today... And we're, and we're rooting for Houston Texans to fail. Like, C.J. Stroud is legit. Like, he's the truth. They're <laughs> not picking really first good. or second. Not, no. Have you seen what their cupcake schedule looks like? It's fucking terrible. Yeah, they might not lose a game. Yeah, like, they're, they're probably, we can finger, fingers crossed, it's a top, like, 15, 16 pick yeah. at this rate. So it's like, okay, well, what do the Cardinals do? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to join our guy, Bo Brock, live from State Farm Stadium. Just had an opportunity to connect with the Arizona Cardinals head coach, Jonathan Gannon. And Bo, first and foremost, do you have an update as it pertains to the injured players, James Conner and Jalen Thompson? Both had to leave this game in the second quarter. Yeah, James Conner on that big 35-yard rush at the end of the first half, he thought he maybe twisted his knee on that play. He's going to be evaluated tomorrow. Didn't get any clarity on Jalen Thompson as far as his injury goes. But the Arizona Cardinals obviously down two big leaders. Uh, in the second half without JT or JC. 
Uh, Jonathan Gannon, you had posted this on your Twitter, took the blame for the defense giving up subsequently a career day for Jamar Chase. You watch firsthand at State Farm Stadium. Yeah. Was it more the defense with an undermanned secondary? Was it fault? Or are you putting more blame on an offense that maybe had some sketchy play calls and then certainly the turnovers from Joshua Dobbs did not help the case? Well, I think as far as Jamar Chase going off nearly 200 yards receiving three touchdowns, it was just a efficiency and talent, right? I mean, as yeah. far as in the defensive secondary versus the talent of Jamar Chase, which is otherworldly, and he was able to get back on track. So was, uh, so was Joe Burrow, and, and that was unfortunate. But, you know, this is a team, Johnny, Britain, that we know has zero margin for error. So when they start, right. you know, gift-wrapping points for the opposing team, when they can't capitalize, when they start to maybe swing the pendulum in their direction, you know, with the ball t- down 24-20, uh, you just, there's just no margin for error. So once they start making mistakes, and, and, you know, two-score game, 34-20, uh, instead of something that was, uh, you know, a little closer than maybe the final score indicated. Cutting in and out of here, Bo Brock, as we chat with uh, Bo live at State Farm Stadium, Britton Golden, and you think about when this game turned and the pick six before the end of the half. Bo, I want to get your take, but you know, we're on the record. It looked like Zach Pascal ran the wrong route, number zero. Yeah, for sure, and we've harped on this since the halftime show. You have a slant on the outside. There's never supposed to be another receiver in the throwing lane for that slant. Yeah. So normally there's some type of flat or out route that's attached to it. And I, I'm going to ride that horse saying that Zach Pascal ran the wrong route and was in the wrong lane. So that's the, that's the only thing I can think of why he would even be in the vicinity to put his hands up for a slant behind him. Bo, did you get clarity on that situation with the interception at the end of half and, and who's taking fault for it? Yeah, I mean, who's taking fault for it is Joshua Dobbs, but that's because, you know, he's a good leader. He's a good teammate. He's not going to throw his guy under the bus. But I followed up with the question. I said, was that ball intended for Hollywood or was it intended for Pascal? And he answered, it was a slant route that was intended for Hollywood Brown. So we did clear that up. Zach Pascal, I'm not sure, you know, just trying him out there to make make a play, maybe after the previous play where he couldn't ring, bring in the, the pass. Maybe he was trying to make up for that but it's unfortunate for the Arizona Cardinals because that's where this game turned. Uh, the pick six when they were leading looked like they were just a catastrophic error away from going into halftime with the lead. And unfortunately that's what happened. Bo, what do you make of Michael Wilson having two targets mm. basically in the final five minutes of the game? Like you're sitting here watching it on your TV at home. And it's like, where's number 14? He was dominating right. San Francisco leading this team in receiving yards and yet minimal targets. He makes the acrobatic catch toward the end of the fourth quarter. Is that like a game plan thing? The Cardinals, you know, sitting Keytrail Clark? Like, what's the deal with not playing their rookies today? Yeah, it was uh, that we did not get much clarity on as far as, you know, was it a game flow? Was it just that it was clamps as far as the defensive, uh, I guess, game plan? But And you would hope that it wasn't part of the offensive game plan to take 14 out of it because of what playmaking he's shown so far. So really no clarity as far as why Michael Wilson, it took all the way to the fourth quarter for him to get involved. You know, was he more involved in kind of with emphasizing him in the run game, but we certainly didn't see a lot of opportunities. We didn't, I mean, that was his first target. It was his, his first catch. Correct. So yes. it wasn't like they were Three trying to get him the, ball. In the game. Right. They weren't trying to get him the ball and, and unsuccessfully doing it. It was, uh, it was just, 
a lack of, uh, of opportunities from his quarterback. You know, Britton, we talked about it. This offense is going to go and stop with the quarterback position. Joshua Dobbs, not great today. How, what do you need to see from Dobbs moving forward? Because, again, he tried to force the football today. Should have had multiple interceptions, to your point. Like, how do you get Josh Dobbs back on track next week against the L.A. Rams? One, as the offensive coordinator, I got to go in there and I just got to – you have to just speak and be like, hey, look, we got a little out of character this week. We tried to force some things that we haven't tried to force in the past three weeks. Yep. And we we got to get back to playing the football we were playing against the 49ers and the Giants and the Cowboys. Like We played good football. We took care of the football and we made smart throws in this situation. I, I expect him to bounce back. I mean, we were sitting here week one. The chat was going crazy saying Dobbs isn't the answer and he's terrible week one. And then week two, he came out and had a great performance. Week three, had a great performance. Week four, he played well against the 49ers. So I expect him as a veteran, as a leader in his situation, to go to the drawing board, watch the film, make the corrections, and come out next week and play better. Uh, I agree with that. And I think, again, like Kyler Murray's coming back. Eventually, Dobbs is going to be your guy. I don't want to hear about Clayton Toon in the meantime. This is Dobbs' football team. Bo Brock, what did Jonathan Gannon have to say? And do we have some uh, clips of JG just moments ago at the press conference? I believe we do. We've got, you know, three of the crucial moments in this game. The pick six, Joshua Dobbs speaks on that. Jonathan Gannon gets into the fourth and one play call. Why did they maybe not get to fourth, that Philadelphia quarterback sneak, the, push, the, the, the tush push or the brotherly shove? And then uh, Jonathan Gannon uh, and Jamar Chase, we can go any direction, just depending on what our guy Damon Dog has uh, queued up behind the scenes. I mean, we can just roll it, and then we'll just give our comments afterwards. Let's queue it up, Damon Dog. This is JG uh, following the loss to Cincinnati. We, uh, and, you know, that I think, you know, it seemed like he caught a lot of balls today for a lot of yards and a lot of touchdowns. So, obviously, as a uh, uh, a defensive staff, myself being the leader of that, we didn't do enough on that side. You can't let their best player beat you, and that's what we just did. So that falls solely on me, um, and we can't let that happen again. So point blank, there's the game on defense. You let their best player beat you. I'm pissed off about it. It's my fault, and uh, we got to get that cleaned up. It was, yeah, that's a good question, um, Howard. I thought it was too long for the push play. I th- it looked like a, almost two to me, probably a yard and a half it was. I don't exactly know. I walked down there and looked. Yes, we would. Uh, we got some other things on you know, third and fourth and one, too, but I thought it was too long for that there. It was intended for Hollywood. Um, he, he ran a slant. He was getting in there. So um, probably a tight, tight window, obviously, and so I can't make that decision with the ball. Um, I got to keep the ball safe, especially heightened awareness in that area of the field. And so we'll fix it. Uh, we'll take care of the football and we'll be better. Lots of good insight captured by our own Bo Brock here of PHNX Cardinals. And Bo, I want to ask you because that's probably the most emotional we have seen Jonathan Gannon in a post game this year. It's also the first time the Cardinals really played, I think, top to bottom, a poor game. Yeah, talent deficiency. Mm-hmm. We talked about that. But the turnovers, the mistakes, D.J. Humphreys was atrocious at left tackle. Could you sense the frustration of J.G.? Because, I mean, behind the scenes, like, Cardinals really thought they could win this game, especially after beating Dallas, a three-point spread, you're playing at home. Got to think J.G. thought the team was going to respond differently this week. Yeah, absolutely, especially out of the gates. I mean, this was 
trending towards Bengals just dominating from the opening kick, right? Yeah. I mean, they get the three and out to uh, to start, right? You had the big sack that kind of puts you behind the sticks a little bit on offense. And then Joe Burrow, he immediately just kind of finds his old kind of uh, his old self, goes seven for seven, 50-plus yards and a touchdown to his guy, Jamar Chase, to open up the game. And then, you know, they get a big punt return that then eventually on the second defensive series, the Arizona Cardinals get back to that bend, don't break mentality. And then that kind of flipped the script. But up until that point, it was the Bengals dominating in all three phases. And then kind of like last week in week four against the 49ers, the Arizona Cardinals scratch and claw. They get the uh, stops necessary. The offense looks solid. And then they, they shot themselves in the foot before half and, they had a tough time recovering from that. The second half, they get a touchdown, but outside of that, the offense can't get it going. Questionable play calling as far as on fourth and one, as JG outlined. You know, he thought it was too far. It was more like a yard and a half, maybe two yards. So that's too long for that Philly push play. But look, this was this was this has showed you that this Cardinals team they have to play a near damn perfect game for it to be tight. And then you know, if if they give up any points, I mean, just for them to be within a score. Uh, it, that that's where the talent deficiency is right now. So it was, uh, it, it was, you know, the Bengals, we talked about them not wanting to, we didn't want this to be a get right. That's really kind of exactly what it was. We talked about it, Bo, before you jumped on people asking where the, the, you know, the reinforcements defensively I actually thought the defensive line, you know, Dante stills played well front seven was, was okay. Had three sacks. The secondary and the state of it right now, what more can you tell us? Because, again, both starting safeties out. Keytrail Clark doesn't start for whatever reason. And, man, I don't know what you say. Marco Wilson this year has been absolutely atrocious. I got that wrong. I thought he was going to play his best football for Jonathan Gannon. It's clear through five games, number 20 is, is not a good fit for whatever they're trying to do defensively because he has gotten cooked left and right for this team. Yeah, unless they make a play, they're – not likely going to get off the field. I mean, it, you saw Kayvon Wallace pick, and, and that's exactly what the doctor ordered. And unfortunately, they can't capitalize it. That turned into the fourth and one turnover on downs. So you're seeing this defensive secondary. It was, it was undermanned. Uh, you know, they deal with concussion. To, uh, you know, Am Hamilton gets put in concussion protocol. They're trying to work Garrett Williams back. I would imagine that that expedites his timeline. It right. doesn't make him just get to be – you know, this get eased back into things because of the numbers game. They got to get back up to just full strength numbers. And then hopefully it, there's not that big of a learning curve, but this is a guy going from ACC uh, torn his ACL to get right back on the field. He's going to have to, you know, potentially match up with Puka, the Rams or Cooper cup. It's not a great, it's not a great <laughs> situation conducive Britain to, to getting up to speed. So man, I mean, it's tough at this point in the season when, when you see, you know, where, where you're down and opposing offenses are going to try to expose that, you know, on the fly to slow that down. I wish I had a better solution answer for you. But it's like, okay, Garrett Williams. And then maybe uh, after L.A., maybe you can get Buda Baker back. He seems like he's close. He's, he's kind of mulling around the team facility. Doesn't look like he's true, you know, that, you know, affected by the hamstring issue that much anymore. So hopefully he'll get back after – the minimal four-week absence on the injured reserve. Yeah, BG, how critical is it to get Buda Baker back in the secondary? I mean, as a just if you want to look at it from the leader standpoint, just having somebody who just Buddha's demeanor, how he plays, how he brings people back up to life with with his play, just having him back is going to give you a spark. But 
he's like the general back. He's essentially your quarterback of your defense, right? I don't you I don't really see that deep Jamar Chase pass going to fruition if Buda Baker's back there. I feel like he's in a play in a position to make a play on that ball to where it's not just now, you never know. Jamar Chase can still make some ignorant catch, but I feel like something like that in a situation like that doesn't happen with Buddha back there. And also just the tenacity that he plays with, right? Guys don't just like to run across the middle when Buddha Baker's back there. No. It's not a it's not a safe place. I mean, like we we talked about it. This team was undermanned before the start of the season. They've lost, you know, multiple of their top ten players, Kyler Murray and Buddha Baker, uh, withstanding. We're gonna talk about where things lie with the Cardinal draft picks specifically with the Houston Texans. But first, I want to remind everybody, Four Peaks Brew is the official brewery of PHNX. Popped up on a nice cold one during the game today. Pumpkin Porter for your boy. Made the Cardinal loss a little bit easier. Again, patio beers are ready, and they're here, available via Four Peaks. How about the Redbird Lager? Tremendous in the new Redbird Arizona Cardinal can. Again, visit fourpeaks.com slash locator to find favorite brewery tours and events Oktoberfest, they've got the Haunted Brewery, which is fantastic, right around the corner. Nobody does Halloween like our friends at Four Peaks. Follow them at Four Peaks Pub on Twitter, Instagram. But you've got to be 21 years and older. Please drink responsibly. Speaking of being a responsible, I'm going to be a responsible guy after this game. I'm going to drive home. I'm going to pop an OG's. OG's Flavoring Dreams, uh, America's favorite and PHNX's favorite dispensary OGs using that bonus code PHNX is going to get you some money off. You got to be 21 years or older to enjoy responsibly. What what kind of gummies can you get from OGs? The best. That decision is 420 times easier with the fruits and creams mixed bags. You absolutely love to see it. Again, check them out. Our friends at OGs brands yourself. Try a few. Dab, double. You know they've got blackberries, cream, orange cream, sickle, peaches, and cream. Tons of Hall of Fame choices with our friends at OGs, but you got to be 21 years and older. Get them, enjoy them responsibly. Find them at a local dispensary near you. They are Hall of Fame level gummies for especially games like tonight, the post game where you really just got to say, you know what, I got to I got to veg out after watching Jamar Chase <laughs> go for about 200 yards against my secondary. I'm, I'm not I'm not trying to recap that for the next five hours in my brain. What I wouldn't mind dabbling into, gentlemen, here, it was teased on our pregame show. Gotta love those Atlanta Falcons. Desmond Ritter has not been good this year, but was good when it mattered. And the Atlanta Falcons taking care of your boys here in Arizona. Let's check out our Texans tracker. <laughs> We've had two weeks without a Monty Austin Ford smiling head. We are back. Look at that sweet, sweet man. Getting a dub today are the Atlanta Falcons over the Houston Texans and BG. CJ Stroud's very good. He should have had a game-winning touchdown. That Texans defense, though, not so good. Cardinals are back in business with Houston at 2-3. and three. They are. And looking at this schedule, CJ Stroud could have a really, really, over the next four or five weeks, could have a really good day. Yes. And yes. Which is not great for the money tracker. Right. But, I mean, I just don't <laughs> see, I, I, don't, I don't see them losing to the Panthers for sure. I, I the the Saints are very beatable. Yeah. And, I mean, hopefully, you know, by the time they get to us, we can, you know, wipe the floor with them. We know we're not going to get any favors, Bo Brock, from our friends out in Denver with the way they're playing oh, right no. now. But <laughs> I, looking at this tracker, Bo Brock, give me your most realistic best-case scenario for Houston where they end up this year. Because, again, we talked about it before you jumped on. 
Like, even with the Cardinals' struggles, it doesn't feel like Cardinals are going to end up with a top two pick. I could be wrong. Houston, for yeah. sure, is not going to be in a position to get the Cardinals, you know, a, a position to draft Caleb Williams or Drake May. So looking at this right now, put a put a wager or put a prediction, I should say, on the Texans' final record this year based off of this. Man, let me, tell about, let me talk about the power of prayer here. I mean, when you look at this schedule, holy <laughs> the football crap. Guys. <laughs> I mean... I, I, you you got to look like the Saints got to take care of business next week. Then the bye week, you, you think, like Britton said, dub against against Carolina and then Tampa Bay, who surprised a couple people this year. Can they continue to that? Can this Bengals team get back on track? Can the Cardinals steal one? And then the Jaguars play like they're expected to, like they did in London today. Uh, that that stretch there, that middle stretch, when you look at our Texans tracker here on YouTube, that middle stretch is where they're going to be able to need to stack losses for this pick to really be as premium as we originally thought, because then you look at it, you know, Tennessee and, and Indianapolis, we'll see if Anthony Richardson can make it through the marathon of a season hasn't proven to so far early on uh, a lot of, a lot of winnable games. So best case, like, can you keep them about five in, in 12? That that's, that's about best case. I think at this point, don't you think, I mean, and, yeah. and that's being optimistic. I, I'm looking at that schedule. And I think, you know, they're going to be hovering around like seven or eight wins this year. And that's going to be really nice for them and not so nice for the Cardinals. I think at this point, if you're counting your, your chips at the, at the craps table in Vegas, it's you're probably looking at between like pick 10 to about 16, I think is, is where the Houston Texans are going to be picking in that first round. So you're going to get a great player if you're the Arizona Cardinals, but the uh, treasure trove of a once top 10 pick or top five pick, I should say, not dead and buried yet, but it does feel like those days are dwindling away. But the Atlanta Falcons helped us out today, Bo Brock. Yeah, can I give some hope to to our fan base here and, and say that, hey, the, the Texans still found a way to lose a game. They haven't lost oh, that yeah. little knack. They, they certainly found a way today against – they let Desmond Ritter get chunk yards to get themselves in, in a very favorable spot to kick a 37-yard <laughs> field goal. So at least, you know, a tip of the cap to that. Like, they, they still have that, that – affinity for finding a way to lose a game at, at the end of the football as long as they don't come out and, and do what they did against jacksonville like a week ago and just dominate that game wire to wire i think we should we should have a chance at this one but like I, i'm sitting at the blackjack table and usually it's always the case my my chips are dwindling and, and that's what's going on with a top five pick for the cardinals with the texans pick we deserve to win even when we're not winning here on phnx cardinals like this video get us to 150 likes before the end of the show and we'll be winning with all of you. Bo Brock, we teased it. BG and I talked about it. The decision as it relates to Kyler Murray, does it become easier in your opinion? He's eligible to come off of PUP at any point. Tomorrow, these next 12 to 24 hours are going to be critical. Does it become easier now to pull the ripcord and say, we got to get K1 back given Josh Dobbs' play? Or are you still proceeding according to plan despite his performance today? Uh, I mean, slam dunk, no, no hesitation at all. Like we talked to our guy Baldy, and, and this is coming off a couple rock solid performances from Dobbs, and, and not trying to discredit the quarterback and what he's been able to accomplish here. But this pretty much solidifies, like, hey, you you see what what performances you could get, and even on you know some of his worst days, Kyler Murray, you know you're not get, you're not get what you saw 
today against the Cincinnati Bengals from Joshua Dobbs. So, you know, I think that the Arizona Cardinals, it, it remains what Monty Osford said at training camp. We will not hesitate. As soon as he's 100% mentally, 100% physically, he's got to get through these checkpoints. He's got to check out medically. And then he gets, you know, back to that football bucket that JG's talked about. And then once he's up to speed as far as what they need offensively and knowing this offense, uh, then I, I don't think they'll hesitate to deploy him as soon as he's ready. <coughs> BG, your opinion right now, Kyler Murray, do you think he starts practicing this week based on what we've heard, or do you think they're going to give it another week? Uh, I mean, I think you you still have to stick to the game plan with Kyler, right? You don't want to bring it back too soon if it's something where he's not comfortable yet. But when he is comfortable, like you said, uh, they explain it when he's 100% mentally and physically ready to go. I don't think you hesitate in that situation either. I think you have to get back in here, let him get acquainted. Obviously, he's going to take how they said it's going to take a couple weeks of practice getting him back in in the fluidity with his receivers. He's got new receivers now. So when he's ready 100%, you have to put him in this game and see what you can do with the rest of the season. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, Johnny, Johnny, let me let me ask you this. I mean, we've seen this team pivot when, once they've seen poor play, especially right. from the tr- the trigger guy, as JG calls it, right? The the quarterback. Uh, I mean, what do you think? Do you think that this this could maybe expedite things? I think twofold. I think number one, they thought this was a very winnable game for them, and the offense, while not perfect really struggled as it relates to setting the defense up for failure. I mean, you gave the Bengals seven points. You turned the ball over. Potentially not having James Conner, I think, will factor into this because Dobbs has had James Conner every step of the way. It's made his job easier. I also think right now the state of this defense, and I'm not putting this on Nick Rollins, is so undermanned. If you're going to win games, it almost feels like you have to win games a very specific style, and that's winning shootouts. And you're not winning shootouts with Joshua Dobbs. Now, is that fair to Kyler Murray to come back and say, hey, Kyler, you got to go score for score like it's Cliff Kingsbury circa 2020 with this team? Fair or not, like Kyler Murray, I, I I would imagine, would be up to that challenge. But the defense giving up 16 points to the Dallas Cowboys, that defense may not be available for a hot minute while you wait on Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson and some of these guys. Joshua Dobbs may not have his Pro Bowl running back available to set the tone of the line of scrimmage. Like, I'm factoring those things in. Can Kyler Murray go into L.A.? Can he go into Seattle and win? Fuck yeah, he can. Like, Joshua Dobbs can win under very specific set of circumstances. If those circumstances were still in place, as we've talked about for the latter part of the last month, then you feel good about him playing games for you. But today, it felt like when the wheels were falling off and they were losing 10-0, James Conner goes out. Jalen Thompson goes out. It's like, SOS, come come save me. Well, he wasn't good anyway up until that point, completing under 50% of his throws. So I, it, it's funny you bring that up, Bo. The minute they pulled the ripcord on Colt McCoy after that shitty week of practice in Minnesota, it's like, we got to pivot. We got to pivot. Josh Dobbs, and here I'll give him credit, BG, has bought them enough time to be a viable, watchable product on Sundays. If we're getting closer to the Cardinals being what people thought they were before the season and Kyler Murray is ready to go, it almost feels like, Bo, the perfect time to say, let's do it. Let's get let's get you back practicing this week. Maybe it's not against the Rams. We know he needs multiple weeks of practice. But I, I have a sneaking suspicion that it's time to ramp it up with K1 because now this team needs Kyler Murray more than ever. Yeah, Rams, obviously it's not on the table that he's going to be in the lineup, right? But but can he get start the 
the preparation period. Can he get his feet on the practice field? Mm -hmm. That's where that begins, right? Then you got that 21-day window. I, I'm a little hesitant looking at Seattle on the road after L.A. That's a tough, you know, obviously you got to factor in that it could be a slick playing surface. Like, do you, I mean, be, then, then you're looking home Baltimore. You got two weeks potentially as far as games go that you have to, that you got to prepare Joshua Dobbs for it, but then also ride that fine line of getting K1 prepared at the same time. How difficult is it going to be to get him prepared while simultaneously preparing Joshua Dobbs, Britton? Uh, I think that's going to come back to Kyler's work ethic on that point. Because if Josh Dobbs is your answer right now, and he's going to start the game and we're working on getting Kyler in there, you still have to put all of your eggs into Dobbs, making sure he is fully prepared to start and play that game. Kyler's got to be in those meetings. He's got to be paying attention to what the game plan is, how they want it run, but on the same time, at the same time, he's got to be putting in his own work. He's got to watch the film on these. He's got to study what's going on and figure out how he can be. If it comes to it, how he gets inserted into it, he's ready to go in the same time. Uh, I want to talk about some of these super chats. But first, I want to talk to my guys about my favorite pair of sunglasses, Bo. It's our friends at Shady Rays. Can't beat Shady Rays. Of course, you can look online. Their full product line, ShadyRays.com. Get some premium polarized sunglasses for you and the fam, for you and your friends. You're out there on the golf course. They got the fully polarized, and then they've got maybe they take that polarization down so it doesn't compromise what you're trying to see out there on the links, or maybe you're playing different sports. You're out there on the gridiron. You're out there playing softball or playing baseball as well. You got the sunglasses that you're going to look good in and they're also going to do the job for you and you're not going to compromise breaking the bank with shady rays check them out in Kierland commons as well up in scottsdale you can use our promo code phnx just like you can online tell it to you whoever's checking you out there phnx you can get 50 percent off two or more pairs of premium polarized sunglasses from shady rays check them out shadyrays.com or up in scottsdale in Kierland commons at shady rays at their store and you can use the promo code phnx save yourself 50 percent on the sunglasses that 250,000 people have rated five stars. Let's get to these super chats here. Uh, Sports Hero, friend of the program, $2 super chat. Thank you so much, Sports Hero. Wish Dobbs used his legs more. Keep the defense honest. Just three carries for a yard. It did feel like a couple different times he had a chance to take off and run. Wonder if it was a byproduct, gentlemen, of the pass protection being shaky today. But regardless, I mean, the Josh Dobbs that we've seen, efficient, mobile, not turning the football over, an occasional big play. It just, it just wasn't there today. And I think a lot of it, BG, had it to do with James Conner leaving the game and DJ Humphreys just not being able to Brock Trey Hendrickson on the on the edge. Yeah, no, and it there was a couple of those where even if he tried to get out of the pocket, there was nowhere he could go. Yeah. So there, a lot of it was a breakdown in the offensive line, especially on the left side of that offensive line. So... You would like everybody would like to see him use his legs more. Yes, especially yeah. in situations where he has to get out of the pocket. But there's a lot of times where there's no way to escape. It's just at that point, take the sack, hold on to the football and don't turn it over. This next one, you know, there are, was go ahead. There, Bo. there there was a play that stands out and it was the turnover on downs. It was uh, it was he, he could have he certainly had some field in front of him and he decided to throw it towards the end zone. And Amari Dermacata was on the other end, but it was nearly an interception first and foremost. Uh, could have put him in an even better situation uh, before that big fourth down and one. 
so I thought that was a play that he would have liked to have back. And when you think like, hey, could he have just maybe tucked it and run? I think that certainly was one of those spots. Yeah, a couple opportunities too throughout the course of the game to throw underneath to the players that were open. He took a lot of big shots today, both in the pocket and downfield, and very few paid dividends. Joel, this one is for our guy BG. Thank you, Joel. Four ninety nine. The cards at such a talent disparity at most positions. Does that start to weigh on players as the season goes on? Um, I mean, you could look at it both ways, but I think no. I think if you're a player out there and you're letting the fact that uh, we're playing guys that are much more, you know, equipped than we are. If you go out there thinking, oh, they're better than I am, mm-hmm. then you're going to get your nose wiped every yeah. single week. I mean, it's, it goes back. I said it a couple of weeks ago. If you don't believe that you're the best person on the field, who else is going to believe that? If you can't look at the person in front of you to ask who's the best player on the field and say it's me, then nobody else is going to come to that. I, there was plenty of times we are sitting in the locker room. Now, did my track record look like Larry Fitzgerald's? No. But when an interview said, who's got the best hands on the team, I was going to say me. Yeah. Right? If I don't believe it, who else is going to believe it? Now, Larry's going to sit right next to me and laugh when I said it. But in my head, I, I believe that I was the best. And you have, to, you have to have that mentality in the NFL or you're not going to make it very long. Well said. Absolutely. Let's get to more of these super chats. If we could, Damon Dog, super sticker from 4C33. Thank you so much, Dollar ninety nine. Appreciate you supporting the show in that way, my friend. Alex, another super chat, friend of the program, nine ninety nine. The line has played good, but they need to play better when Kyler Murray comes back. Dobbs can stand in there longer because of his size and undersized. Kyler probably gets sacked more often. But what's your assessment from the offensive line today? I thought relatively fine. They ran the ball effectively. The right side in particular looked good. Man, it's that left mm-hmm. side. DJ Humphreys just got worked consistently throughout four quarters today. Yeah, and let's not, you know, discount the guys coming after him. I mean, Trey Henderson has been yeah, making yeah. plays in this league for, for a while. And then inside, interior-wise, they've, they've got some playmakers as well. So uh, they just... They, they had a better day at the office than, than the Arizona Cardinals on the left side of the line. I thought Joshua Dobbs really didn't know sometimes and in the face of pressure, tried to figure out where to go with it and ran right into the face of pressure. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's it, that is going to be an intriguing part of this when they re, reinsert Kyler Murray back in the lineup. Like how will he be willing to stand back there, maybe take some shots that we've seen Dobbs get, or just even stay in the pocket and not just try to make a play with his legs like we're used to, you know, in the, in the past. So that's going to be a fascinating angle to it. But I'm not going to definitively say something one way or the other just because we don't know. We just we haven't seen Kyler Murray play in this type of an offense, you know, ever. I mean, this is an offense that he's been a part of really since he started playing football where he's in the shotgun. It's more spread out for him. This is more pro style. We'll just see how he how he takes to it just from the the very get-go, because I don't think we can say either way, you know, where he's going to struggle and what Dobbs does better than him and what he doesn't. Get to this final super chat. Thank you so much. You guys have been crushing it today. Hit that like button. Dirt Bike Boy 714. I wish I could make this happen. DJ <laughs> for Pat Sertain, who says no. It's like the lone Denver Bronco that's playing well this season. The Broncos taking it out, but thank you for that super chat. Patrick Sertain probably would like to escape that advanced Joseph's defense for just about any other team right now. Uh, times are tough for not only the Cardinals, but the Denver Broncos as well. Uh, but we make things much better, not only here on the post game show, but at our uh, home website of gophnx.com. 
our PHNX beat reporter, as you could hear uh, Jonathan Gannon uh, allude to, Howard Balzer, I'm sure, is writing a banger of an article right now that's going to be, uh, be available for free in just a matter of hours at gophnx.com. And if you want to hook up yourself with some free gear, become a diehard via the phnxlocker.com. Pick out a free hat and or shirt for the entire year. Every year you're signed up to become a diehard member. You get a free piece of merchandise, free piece of gear, whatever you want to do, plus 20% off all future purchases, like maybe the We're Effing Better t-shirt, hats, zip-ups, sweatshirts, whatever you want. Do it with our friends at phnxlocker.com. Plus, next weekend, we're going to be out at BetMGM Sportsbook at the Great Lawn at State Farm Stadium. Maybe some ticket giveaways for the upcoming Baltimore Ravens game. So much good stuff. you got to keep tabs on it all at gophnx.com. Become a diehard today. Hit that like button. Final thoughts, gentlemen. A game the Cardinals wanted to win, could have won, maybe should have won. BG, how does this team bounce back this week with you know uncertainty surrounding the quarterback position? Well, I think tomorrow morning you go in, you watch the film, you see all the really bad mistakes that you made, and you get them corrected early. And you've got to put this game behind you. It was a bad game all around for a lot of people. I think you got to show up Wednesday for practice with a new mindset, new mentality of, hey, it's a different week. Let's go out there. Let's try to do what we can do. Let's try to get a win against the Rams. At least be competitive if we don't get the win. But just get back to the competitive football that we've played the previous three weeks. Yeah, Bo, same question to you. Joshua Dobbs, the honeymoon ended today. Got to see a better performance from him. But more importantly, the defensive secondary has got a huge task on its hands in, in week six against Matthew Stafford, Puka, uh, Nakua, and, of course, Cooper Cup. I mean, to, to try, they got to slow down two really rock-solid wide receivers on the road. But, look, the Rams are two and three. Another opportunity presents itself. They play better ball. But the honeymoon, it's over. People are disgruntled. They saw a very winnable game not go the way of the Cardinals. They're going to have to get back to the drawing board, get better fast in some areas that it's going to be a Herculean effort to get up to task uh, to win football game in, in week six. But Jonathan Gannon, like, he's pissed off. We'll, we'll see what pissed off JG looks, you know, how he can game plan going into the next week. L.A. Rams, a beatable team. I mean, dating back to last year now. The Cardinals, I would imagine, with our friends at BetMGM, Already a lofty underdog. That's just the way Gannon and company like it. This was the first week where we, as Jalen in the chat said, had expectations for Gannon, uh, this team, and Joshua Dobbs, and, and they didn't go well. So maybe next week, just with the doctor ordered, this team can fly under the radar. What's happening with the Cardinals? What's happening with Kyler Murray? Keep it locked in here. PHNX Sports, PHNX Cardinals, we will bring you the very latest as it relates to Kyler Murray and his return off injury. Is it this week? Is it next week? What's going on with James Conner, Jalen Thompson, all that and more. He's Britton Golden, the playmaker. Follow him, Bo Brock, at Bo Brock. Follow us, PHNX underscore Cardinals on Twitter. I'm Johnny Venerable. Thanks for hanging out with us all day. Again, hit that like button, subscribe on the YouTube. Subscribe to PHNX Cardinals wherever you get your podcasts. We're back on a Monday. See you then.